1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Class Clown Podcast. A podcast where I, Chino Liao, do one of two things. You can hear me talk to myself, or you can hear me talk to another person. And, surprise, surprise, this week we are talking to another person. That is right. You do not... We do not have a solo pod episode for you today because, for you this week rather, because I have decided upon my good graces to give you a break from the sound of my voice. So congratulations, loyal listeners, you deserve it. You deserve not to hear me. Prattle along for 10 minutes. However, I still need to give you an episode for this week. Kasi naman, sayang yung learning, di ba? Yung, yung effort kong kumausap ng strangers uh, ng madaling araw. So, for this episode, we are talking to somebody from the Podcast Network Asia family. Um, but before we get to who that is, I'd like to ask how you guys like my previous episode of the Class Clown Podcast, the very first, or I should say, the first inception of the Laugh Trip series. I hope you also checked out the accompanying YouTube vlog. I'm still uncomfortable but with calling it a vlog, by the way. It's not, I, I, I don't really see myself as a vlogger, kaya nga walang chipmunk na laptop new video, <laughs> walang, even even the pictures that come out during the jokes I really felt pushed you know I really felt like it was forced because I don't want to force feed people jokes here you know I feel like people who listen to my humor are intelligent people uh, right so I feel like you don't need me to tell you where to laugh right but at the same time I'm also not a vlogger because camera <laughs> You know what I mean? I just like talking to myself, most of the time for free. And so, I've decided to turn that into a hobby, which turned into a vacation, that is stand-up, which turned into this vlog. And I figured, why not bring you more of it? So, for this week, we are still going to stay with San Francisco. And we're still going to bring you more of that comedy goodness via YouTube. So please, please subscribe if you haven't. And also listen to the Laugh Trip series about San Francisco, California, stand-up comedy. Now that we have that out of the way, I'd like to talk about my guest for this week, Christine Abregana, the host of the Asia in the Shadows podcast. Christine used to be a lawyer, but because of her love for true crime and the grisliness of the world, she has now started hosting two very amazing podcasts, one of which is a part of the Podcast Network Asia family. And I talked to her because just like everybody else during this pandemic period, we have all binged watched our own fair share of true crime content. Even before the pandemic happened, uh, we started binging uh, true crime content. I mean, that's why career friend, It's because of people who just love to watch murders. Why is Celso Ad Castillo a national arts film? It's because of this very genre. and. We are going to talk to somebody who spends a majority of her time talking about it. I asked her about all the things you wanted to know about true crime. So here we go with my episode with the host of Asia and the Shadows, Christine Abregana. This week on the podcast, we have uh, somebody who was a former lawyer who now talks about whatever goes bump in the night, you know, human things. That's all. Welcome from the Asian in the Shadows podcast and Lagim, a true crime Filipino podcast. Miss Christine Abrigana. Hi, Christine. Hi. Hi, Chino. Hi, everybody. Thank you for did I, first of all. Did I get the podcast names right? <laughs> Right.
0: Almost, right. It doesn't matter. You got, yeah. you got most of it right. Yeah. Right, right. I got all the words in there. And yes, that's important.
1: <laughs> yeah. All the words in there. And that's important. So thank, thank you, first of all, Christine, for doing this. I know uh, our time zones aren't exactly mm. the same. So I, I understand that you have a busy schedule yourself. So thank you, first of all. Thank you. Thank you as well for here. having me. Right. So, okay. The reason I wanted to have uh, somebody of your background on here. Uh, somebody who does true crime is because my whole perception of true crime as a Filipino who grew up in the Philippines Mm. is really not that evolved. For me, true crime is like a Senate hearing, you know, or like, like, you know, some news article, Mm. Corruption, corruption, true crime. Mm -hmm. But, But what you guys do is actually very, very, different. So I want to start from the very beginning with you. Mm. How did you get into True Crime?
0: I think from an early age, um, there's always been a curiosity about sort of true crime and also the nature of human beings. Bakit 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 pumapatay ang isang tao? How come some person has become abusive, or um, how come uh, this certain person has become a predator? I've always had those questions. I've not had the right vocabulary, of course, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old, but I've always been drawn to those stories. Sa TV patrol bata pa ako, sa magandang gabi bayan right. um, wow. ano ba yon yung calvento files ano right. ba yun yung, you mga yung mga lawyer type shows that right. yung, na may mga reactions. I've been right. like, oh my god, like why? Why could this happen to me? Like, is it possible that I could be one of those people who 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 would end up killing people? It's always been sort of a question about human nature. And then, right. you know, as you grow older, you you absorb more of the world. You know, the bad and good of it. And then you you acquire the vocabulary. And it turns out, you know, it became like a like an en vogue type of thing towards 2010, 2011. Naging true crime, yung yung parang genre of it. And um, it's finally been given sort of a... um, a a whole title a whole genre it's become an it type of thing that it permeated not only the television through things like csi you know um or law and order um it became podcast friendly um so i think my journey started very earlier on not knowing that that, that that's what it was uh, not knowing why i was interested in it and then it sort of evolved and then you know mo pa yung ano yung yung lawyer background ko um criminal law has always been one of my you know my best subjects always top grades um and always being interested in sort of um the human aspect not only analyzing the laws that can be applied to those na na commit ng makrimen, but really understanding how did we get here, you know, analyzing sort of the trauma of a suspect, the environment, nurture versus nature, that type of thing. So it's just just a general curiosity, maybe morbid curiosity almost, but that's how it all started.
1: (laughs) Right. Wow, I'm actually very surprised with your answer because you said it started... When you were young, so siro ako yeah. na kapops. Kung naka pops in the robbers scale, ikaw lage yung pop. <laughs> <laughs> like when you, the emphasis.
0: Suffice to say, yeah, yeah. Ako laging, I kaw yung ano. Um, gusto maging moral voice and right. um, and although although back then, parang uh, divine. Re- re- re-assign, oh, you're na yung, ano, yung um, bandit and all that. Well, no, right. I don't want to be committing crimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely
1: true. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so now that it's had its form, right, it's this mm. tangible thing, right, mm. through crime, it it exists. How did the idea of doing not just one podcast but two podcasts about mm.
0: it start? Well, I started my true crime podcast journey when I first listened to um, a serialized podcast called Serial Season One. And I thought, wow, the way that they've done it, um, of course, the host and the whole production team behind it, they come from a radio journalism Background. So back then, ang ng mga tao only those people can do podcasting. And then all these little podcasts start popping up, and then you've got laymen sort of doing podcasts and giving their laymen's perspective, which was really refreshing because hindi hindi lang para bang elitist ang dating na uh, porque journalism ka, um ang ang, ang um ang background mo uh, hindi pwede, hindi porket reporter ka or you're sort of some sort of you know high riding investigative journalist. Ikaw lang yung give them perspective on true crime, and suddenly all these people came popping up, and you know they're now very big podcasts as well. So I thought, hold on. So I have, I, I think I have things to say as well, um, as someone who is a fan, as someone who's got um, a law background, and as someone who's a fan, an observer of human nature. Pero ayoko concentrate sa mga usual mga Western cases. Na it's been it's been. um it's been uh, tackled over and over again. So in, in one of my trailers, I think I say, if you're tired of like the Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, mga Ted Bundy, because it's been overdone. Na kasi. And then I've been like, well, why don't we why don't we focus on Filipino true crime? Because it's rarely discussed. I don't think Filipinos see themselves um, enough sort of represented in the in the podcast uh, podcasting world anyway and um, um, is true crime um, and I know I when I started, there were only a couple of us. I think Clip Silog was really doing well at that point, um, and and a couple other ones, but it wasn't enough. There there's so many perspectives, so many cases that we could tackle. Um, so you didn't start yung journey co focusing on Filipinos because that's how I grew up. My true crime awakening was in the Philippines, so why not start there? So when people look at my very old episodes from season one, it starts with all those 90s, 80s cases. Right. Na, man, older and sa are not going to Yung And you're not going yung Yes. You're not going to Because you're not are going to do that. You're not TV. Na 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 that. When when I saw that people were responding very positively to seeing their stories told, especially people in, in my generation, then, um, I thought, why not do it then? So on an Asian level. Um, I wanted. I I have always had a curiosity about other countries as well and other places. But then again. Very, very not represented on Asian cases, and if there if there is sort of representation, slash Asian cases, it's usually East Asian. So you've got China, you've got you've got Taiwan, Japan, Korea. So we go. Do you know that Asia is like really big? It's like the right. biggest continent on this planet, and it goes from up there in Siberia to down there in the Maldives and all these former Soviet um Soviet countries. Yeah. So. It is. It is a. It is a treasure trove of stories, and I'd wanted to touch upon that, and that's how Asian and the Shadows came about. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, with your discussion about Asian crime, I'm starting to get a sense that mm. first of all, you said that a lot of crime podcasts only talk about the Western crimes, you know, the mm. states, serial killers, and all that, but then you started doing Asian crime. So, in your research, and you're doing this podcast. Do you feel that Asian crime has a unique, uh, for lack of a better term, flavor or, <laughs> or, or quality to it? The um, para, is, are the cases here all that different from the cases in the West? And then mm-hmm. let's go deeper in that and then talk about Filipino crime. Is Filipino mm-hmm. crime different from Asian crime?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would always tell people who would pose these questions is there's always a cultural aspect to all the crimes. We can never divorce the, the crime from the culture or from the law that it has taken place in, right? So with regards to Western cases, we're so used to them being the default and looking at them from a universal lens. But if you ask somebody from the States or the UK to look at our cases, they sometimes see oh my God, like it seems so um, uncivilized and seems so so um brutal and all of that. But I would argue at its very core, anywhere in the world. The the basic premise is there's somebody here who obviously has a Intent to to do something very bad and B has a psychological, para bang psychologically and physically, ng tao. So at its very core, all crimes are the same. But what makes sort of each story unique to each Asian country, to sort of uh, the Filipino, um, um, you know, when talking about with Filipino cases, what makes it unique is you learn not only about the crime, what moves the suspects, what uh, what the victims um relationship is with the suspect but you learn about filipino culture in general as well so you're confronted you're confronted with familial dynamics of philippines you're confronted with your macho cultures the philippines then for example you're confronted with how we treat our children like there's very much a hierarchy and a lot of the crime cases um are, are are for example um they stem from a place where the children are not, for example, I don't know, they're not they're not feeling comfortable telling their parents that they in school and then that led to like a murder or an assault. So it's very much the culture very much informs how we how we see the cases. And it's interesting. Um, and I encourage every listener then um, especially in the beginning and if they are if they're from the Western world I encourage them to view the cases and be interested in the Filipino culture or in the Asian culture as well because that's important in in not only enjoying the stories but also reflecting yung para bang, Afterwards. Like, oh, why is this like this? Why do I feel uncomfortable listening to a story from Japan that talks about, I don't know, cannibalism? Like, why is that, you know? Um, so, yeah, that it. The culture definitely informs informs the 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 whole true crime story, um, and I think people should always be um, aware of that and not take it as as a separate issue. Um, yeah, and you know, and I think it makes for a better experience to understand where the story is coming from, which age, you know, which era, and also which country.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you talked about or you touched on the the. Listenership of your podcast and mm. the listenership of true crime podcasts in general. So, what's mm. the culture like here in in the Philippines? May groups buy? Is it an active <laughs> listenership? What what is it like?
0: Um, people might be surprised, but my listenership is almost seventy percent women, uh, wow, Filipino wow. women, not only from the Philippines but also um abroad, and on Asia and the Shadows, of course, um because of my connection with Lagim, um, na how could ko yung I- listeners from Lagim into Asia and in the Shadows, but even then, the non-Filipino Asian listeners on Asia and the Shadows are also mostly women. So I've got, wow. uh, yeah, I've got very active listeners um out of out of Japan, Korea. Cambodia um and a lot of sort of diasporic places um, UK US um, Australia is a big it's a big um it's a big wow. country um so then you will see that um even though it is still very much male dominated on the surface like those who are paving the way for true crime um, um the listenership at least in my experience, is mostly women. And there's a whole thesis that you could write about why women are so interested in it. But it's generally fascinating for us women to listen to true crime. And there's there's a whole meme subculture that says uh, women who are stressed out about about the world come home and relax with true crime. So it's, (laughs) you know, they come out of this very um, sometimes hostile Place a world na kinakatko sila, inabusin yeah. haras. Pero pagdating sa bahay na nundod na so yeah, women women are are a big force within within true crime, and a lot of people might not understand it. But if you really dig deeper, that's there's a, there's a whole there's a whole course that you can teach at university about that. Right, right. So
1: ito, guys, I'm talking to no i
0: think i think what the guy should be worried about is um is i guess not not taking seriously that women are taking these issues within true crime stories seriously you know right Um, Right. and and listen to um women-led true crime stories as well because you might be surprised the things that you do not hear in um men-led true crime um, um content now whether that be youtube vlogs or podcasts um some perspectives are really interesting coming from women as well because sometimes they lived through these things. A lot of them are survivors of crime themselves. A lot of the, a lot of the sort of big podcasters out there. And it's really interesting. So if you're a man out there interested in true crime, i-mix um, up mo i-remix mo ang iyong listening, what you call it? The playlist. Right. Um, para may diversity, bar, kumbaga.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I got into true crime during the pandemic on mm-hmm. TikTok of all mm-hmm. cases. <laughs> um but I, mean TikTokers, I know you know this, but, but I'm mean mm-hmm. TikTokers who post about uh, five minute clips of, of crimes that have happened. So Ikobah, if in in your discussions pivoted back to you, as a with your background as a lawyer, has that helped you with doing your research, picking out yeah. cases in in both your podcasts?
0: It certainly has, um, because um, because I've got a very chaotic brain uh, to begin with. Um, my lawyer training has helped me um, sort of structure, uh, you know, look at things in a structured way, hopefully, and also write them in a way na my thread all throughout from the beginning to the end. And i ko you know, ko point ng story, ko the different um, different branches na story na pwede kong, kong integrate para malaman nila um, what is the whole story here? What led to this point? see, a lot of the true crime stories are non-linear. There's so many um, uh, people... The cases and how they're narrated, and how they're portrayed in court cases, for example, in reports, they go off tangents all the time, and dami mga sanga sanga. So my, I feel like my responsibility as a podcaster is to streamline it para maintindihan ng mga viewers para di sila malito. If I cannot understand my own story because I do read it back to myself, I do listen to my stories myself hindi ko siya mafollow from from start to end it means i've not done a good job of structuring it well and i've not told the story i've not done the 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 case justice as well so my lawyer training helped with that because that's literally that's literally what a lawyer does all day everyday make sense of things that do not make sense at all because sometimes you're just given a file like binagsak lang sa harapan mo ito mo yan and everything is everything is from different right. decades you know different yeah. years uh, witness statements from from all kinds of people and you have to make sense. You have to create a theory, right. a narration of the case that will make sense if you present it in court or if you present it in a deposition or if you present it to a fellow lawyer or client. So I think that helped. Um, and, and I, I told my friend the other day, Kaitna, former lawyer, it feels like I'm still practicing law because I'm still dry- trying to do all the things that I've done. Right. Back when I was a lawyer, I'm still doing it when, I, when I'm um, working on the cases. Right, right. So it's interesting how you say that as a as
1: a as somebody who mm. has lawyer training. Right? So a person who has lawyer training, you apply you're able to apply it in your current field now. So mm-hmm. when regards to doing research, have you started researching on a case that's at the end of your research you find out something that changes your opinion Every on time. the case? All right.
0: A lot of times, uh, a lot of the things, a lot of the cases that I was fascinated um about yung mga nineties case natin dati sa Pilipinas. Right. I thought I knew everything. I thought I knew everything. I thought that, you know, um, I've held this belief na see si Person A ang may gawa. Um, I'm convinced that it's Person B who killed who killed the family or the or, or you know whoever. Right. Katapos, katapos ng research ko, I'm like I'm having so many doubts, so many questions. I don't even know kung saan ako, ako position. Right. Uh, it, it seems like um so many so many factors have um have have contributed to the case being so convoluted so if i could just cite an example um go ahead go ahead Feel yeah. free- <laughs> so when working on the visconde case All i right. thought I knew who did this. We've always known who did this. I was so convinced, even as a kid, as a teenager growing up, I've I've known um, who did this, you know. And even though a lot of people still hold the, the, the belief that it was those people who were initially incarcerated, um, th- those were the ones who actually right. committed the crime if you look at the evidence there's, there's a lot of technical pro- problems there that led to their eventual acquittal so kasalanan right. ng naging iimbestigan na uh, ng mga PNP um, kung bakit siguro napakawalan yung mga taong yun and then it right. makes you think well was that a good thing or a bad thing was it a good thing na um, eventually na-release sila dahil technically um sloppy investigation job than pnp or did we just let go of a killer or killers right so it does make you think you you go in with one opinion and you come out sometimes with more questions than answers with more opinions than than originally you went into so yeah right wow okay it's interesting this it's not the the only problem
1: that i have with with this genre is that Mm -hmm. sometimes you get cases aren't necessarily shot right? it's not mm. clean cut most of the time who, who actually did it sometimes the bad guys fortunately get away so mm. do you like those kinds of cases those open-ended cases that still that are still active or cold mm. cases or how do you handle that
0: um, the, the open cases that are still new, not in early stages of investigation, pa. um, I, I, I have my patience for them because they are still unfolding and so much can still happen. Those cases that are, that are, that are. 30 years old, like as old as I am um, and still open because literally there are no leads anymore the, the trail has gone cold kumbaga. Um, those are the ones that keep me up at night, like they, they give me so much anxiety because right. the fact that um, no one has been no one has been uh, prosecuted for it and the police are not putting any more sources, resources in investigating them um, and it's just lip service that they're paying every year saying, oh anniversary na naman ang kamatayan ng ganito ganyan for sure, it's still an open open case. For for sure, we're still looking at it, but you know they're not. You know right. they're not. You know, and the families there are You know, sa mga kasagutan, and they're right. never gonna get it because right. the system is built in a way that favors those who can afford to right. bring a case. Um, and again, it's 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 very systemic. It's very it's very frustrating. So if you are, you know, if you are like most Filipinos, probably coming from from below the poverty line <clears throat> sorry from um from a place of having no connections in best lawyers in the country um, there's no chance for you to get any resolution at all um, for your cases for the loved ones that have died in your family and those those cases keep me up at night and they frustrate me to no end
1: right okay because it, I, like, like myself I totally understand that there are really some things here that keep us up at night. And I'm sure yeah. your listeners feel the same way, di ba? Mm-hmm. So, have you ever encountered like a, a, a response from a particular thing that you've said where it didn't really rub you the right way? Napayang <laughs> pinon or, trayong or, oh. sinabi mo? Or like, yeah, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I get I get DMs from people who are connected to the cases all the time to, you know, on on varying on varying levels. I've had uh, messages from um, a victim's mother, uh, a friend of the suspect, and they are not shy about, you know, sharing their thoughts with me, whether they liked my coverage or not, whether they liked my my concluding position on the case or not. They're not shy about that. And I usually just tell them, you know what, you're entitled to how you're feeling right now because you're so close to the case. In Indikonano, um, I don't I don't usually react negatively because I just don't know how it is to be in their shoes. Um, but what I found interesting in one of the cases that I've covered, I think it's um, hold on, it's the Chong sisters, um, you know, right, involving okay. Pak yeah. Taranyaga. Yes. It's a- so me- Yeah. Yeah. So in Cebu, yeah. And I've had so many people who are somehow, I don't know, connected in one way or another to the Laranyaga family or Paco himself specifically. And they would say things like uh, one 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 person had said, I somehow see him that he could he could probably have done it. And then, you know, weeks later, I would get messages like, you know what, it was never in his character. Oh, medyo bugoy-bugoy, medyo may pagka-ano, may pagka-ganito si pa ako, Pero never, never in a million years would we think that he could do something as brutal as that one. So I do get things like that. And I I I read those um, messages and I respond to them with, you know, with a lot of neutrality na hindi ko na um, I don't want to, put anything in there anymore that would further um stoke the fire or traumatize people because i am i am i feel like i'm I'm merely the conduit here of telling the story um but i let them i let them say to me whatever they want to say and if they say this is confidential i don't want you to be saying this somewhere in the podcast that's fine um if they want me to correct something i said okay i will i will i will do that um but there are people that they're, they're not shy about letting me know what they think and they do share their opinions. And I say <clears throat> sorry. And I do say to them the way that I cover the podcast and the episode specifically, I try to see it from from all points possible. You know, I'm not trying to say that this is my belief, and you should believe that. I always leave it to the audience to to do to do some reflecting, to even do their own research. That that that's that's the reason why my my sources list is is public. I put them on a blog. I copy paste mm-hmm. everything that I've used. Um, it's my reading list because I'm encouraging you to do your own research, form your own opinion, and then maybe we can discuss. Because I, first of all, I don't want to impose my opinion you because we're all very different, you know. Right, right. Okay. Actually, perfectly said. Because,
1: <laughs> it's this. This what I'm understanding here from our discussion mm-hmm. is that it's like an ever-evolving thing. The mm-hmm. like, like a case isn't just a case. Nah, na si ganito. Panyete si ganian. Shot. but there's mm-hmm. like multiple angles. And so, like you mentioned, kelangan din nilang kelangan mo din y- from time to time. Diba? so like mm-hmm. how do you then go about picking the cases you want to talk about then? Like how how do you choose what you do an episode
0: on? Oh gosh, I mean, first of all, there are a plethora of cases, and we, we will never run out of cases. Uh, right. So many cases that um that deserve attention uh, right. because of the wider, not only cultural but also political aspect that they that they touch upon. So I I like to discuss cases that um. Ah, paano, paano, paano ko ba I- explain the issues back when the cases sort of sort of were investigated? Um, if those cases still, um, ex- if if those things are still existing today, like for example, systemic corruption within the PNP or yung mga bribe, yung mga kotong kotong yung ganon, if right. those issues still still are existing today of course I'm gonna cover them because that would resonate and that would raise awareness amongst Filipinos right now especially the younger generation to hopefully be more aware and alert about those things to know that the system is not, is not perfect and you would have to really fight and get your voice out there if somebody in your family um, gets entangled in in crime cases whether from a suspect uh, from the suspect side or the victim side that you would have to really advocate for yourself hard in order to get yourself um, heard by the BNB and by the you know, by the system that's not really in favor of you. So then I look at those cases and and I say, so are the issues back then 30, 40 years ago still relevant today? Check. Okay, I can cover that. Um, If there is an aspect of um, marginalized communities uh, being being victimized or oppressed in those stories from years ago, and it's still happening now, I'll go for that. So I focus, for example, on LGBTQIA cases. If there are cases um, that involve indigenous Filipinos like the Lumads, who are systematically being oppressed and also killed, especially in my native Davao? Um, then, then I became I become very, very interested because those are the stories that we don't hear in mainstream all the time, like blasted all the time. Um, I also I'm big on um, women cases as well, because there's a real problem in, um, with domestic abuse and also femicide in the Philippines, which is by, by the way, not <laughs> uniquely Filipino. It's happening everywhere. But right. there's a there's a certain um, uniquely Filipino culture aspect to it because of our um of our history then. Now we were very much influenced by, by our colonial past and how the Spanish put the, uh, uh, you know, um, determined the position of a woman um, in society compared to how we, how we were pre Hispanic, history natin, di ba? Where right. we would see like women being sort of equal with men. So there, there's that very interesting as, aspect. So yon, and then sometimes I have a whole roster of cases na prepared na for one whole season. Sabi ko, go na, hindi na magbabago yung isip ko. Right. na, na to. And then last minute may mangyayari, may case na biglang uh, I know, biglang uh, mahe headline, and then I'm like, right. no, 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 I gotta change the whole roster because I gotta cover that case now, you know. Like for example, the Maguad siblings, you know, those okay. um, those two children who were killed in North Cotabato. I had a whole different episode planned for that week, but because but because it was so interesting and people were latching onto it because kinumpir la yung crime sa the orphan. I'm like, I gotta look into this because this is just ridiculous now. Right. And then and then I see like people were, and then I see how how pop culture also informs our interest in cases. Kung hindi kung kung hindi isang blogger or isang you know tweet ang crime nito sa the movie the orphan. I don't think that case would have would have received the kind of um, sort of notoriety or popularity that that it has right now. So it's interesting then how pop culture in the Philippines is so strong in in making those cases known to the public. So yeah.
1: Right, right. Wow. Okay, you mentioned about guards and things. I just, mm. I, just, I think I saw that a few weeks back, few days ago, uh, on TikTok. but right? it's actually one of the more disturbing cases mm. that that I've actually heard uh, or seen. The but, right? let's go back to you. The right? how you you mentioned how you picked your cases and how your lineup changes from time to time. Right. So I'm gonna ask you something that you might take a little offense to, Pedro oh. Sana, sana Um uh, feel free if you wanna say that you don't wanna answer it or you okay. can't answer it. It's <laughs> fine. No, 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 it's <laughs> fine. We can I to totally understand. But do you think that by doing this, by covering uh, something so brutal like crime, mm. you're actually sensationalizing crime mm. in general, like even mm. indirectly?
0: Hmm. I get that question a lot, by the way. So no, no offense taken at all. Okay, thank Um, you. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. I think I think two things matter uh, for every true crime content creator out there. It's intent and delivery. Um, if your intent is to is to sensationalize, you will end up sensationalizing, and you feel the difference in those content creators who do it just for the clout, just for the clicks and the views and the downloads. You can feel that because they're not respectful of the victims. They they don't offer you an opportunity to form your own opinion. They don't try to give you a balanced view. And take on the case, they just want you to be outraged. Um, They they just want you to be scared and all, um, you know. And I don't know, you bang you you they want you to walk away reeling from it um (laughs) and and feeling shaky about it but that's not my that's not my intent my intent is to give you a balanced view that's why my narration barely has any sound effect because i don't want that to taint your your perception of the case from at the very beginning um I had just one background music from start to from start to end. Um, because I, I wanted to I wanted to make sure that you focus on my words. to to make you think about about what I've just said and not focus on drama dramatization or sound effects in the background because some some podcasts do that and for some true it can work really well and it gives the person a more immersive experience but then I question is this now purely entertainment or is this trying to be like entertainment with advocacy you know and then I myself as a listener I hate it when there are dramatizations I don't listen to those kind of podcasts I don't listen to those who will have like another actor read for example a dialogue apparently between the right. victim and the suspect like come on i mean first of all I, fi- I find it quite corny and secondly why why is that needed you can you can rephrase that dialogue and just put it into sentences and you're done with it right um so that's that you you have to have the intention to not sensationalize it because you have to have respect um for for um for the families first and foremost for the victims and that's sort of my. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be victim focused. I try to make sure that we know something about the victims because kung, kung, kung ng mga tao, even, even those cases that are now very much a public, um, um, public resource natin, ano? Like court cases, Supreme Court decisions about the Visconde, about Elsa Castillo, um, and all those cases, you don't know much about the victims. They don't tell you, like, have, have they gone to college? Like, what kind of person they were? Um, how many siblings? I mean, where, they, where did they come from originally? We don't even know. And it's hard to do that research because, you know, even before true crime befo- uh, became true crime, yung reporting pa lang, yung crime reporting palang, traditionally, will never have that information about the victims because sometimes that gets marginalized. focus natin yung coverage ng trial, kung ano yung background ng mga, ng mga um, suspect. Um, so you have one suspect, for example, I've covered, I don't remember which case anymore. Every time she walks into the courtroom, she has high heels, red lipstick, all, you know, nakaparlor yung parlor so instead of focusing on hey a girl a little girl literally was raped and killed and dumped off somewhere in cebu in a ravine i think it's it's um it's the Ella, Ella Joy Pique case, um, and then here we are focusing on this woman who is the suspect. You know, one of the strongest suspect. And all you could cover is her appearance. You know, um, her hair, her makeup, her shoes, mm-hmm. and then also the way that she talks. Cause image of flamboyant yung ano yung suspect And mm-hmm. how how is that how is that helping the case? So that's intent. So even crime reporters mga 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 um um among the crime reporters—they right. still fall into that trap of looking right. for the shiny headline, the juicy headline. Because mm-hmm. those will sell the papers; those those will generate the clicks. Mm. And I try to move away from that. And I said people might find my podcast sometimes boring because it's just me narrating. Because, but honestly, I don't care because I want to focus on, you know, um, explaining how this case played out, and also I want to focus on whatever information I can find on the vic- on the victim, which is slim pickings, very difficult, very difficult to do. Um, and secondly, um, it's about, you know, I wonder what Savico, sabico intent. And then the second one, I don't even remember anymore, but yeah. So the, the main thing is just giving, as much as you can, an unbiased, um, unbiased view on the case, because you want your listeners to form their own opinion. I don't, I don't want to be paternalistic first and foremost. I don't want to feed you my opinion, you know, because you might have a different background. You might have a difficult political leaning. Um, You can listen to my podcast and you can use that as a jump board to have a discussion with me as, as, as the host or with your, with your, with your kamag anak or your kaibigan. And so hopefully you know, that will that will always be sort of my fail safe, And I will never go that path now. I'm being sensational. Because I, I, myself, don't even like those kind of content creators. Because mm-hmm. um, it's disrespectful to the families who are still breathing. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, like, as a last question, thank you again mm-hmm. for taking time out to talk to me
1: of here. So I'm learning a lot here. But uh, as a last question, because you've dove go very deep into this uh, podcasting genre, Mm-hmm. I, I can't help but feel that like You're the first person Your friends go to Pag may night crying <laughs> Like <laughs> You're not like, wrong <laughs> i like oi Christine May sa kanto. What are your you're opinions? Di ba? I,
0: the, the amount of uh, You know The flurry of activities In my DMs Is insane um, So they they hear something oi, I ano May asawa Pinatay yung ano Yung asawa And <laughs> yeah. you know yung, yung OFW Sa Papua New Guinea I'm like What? I haven't right. even heard it I've literally just woken up it's and you see a flurry of DMs Like have you heard about this What do you think about this I'm like oh wait I haven't even read anything So it's Yeah so I do definitely get a lot of Like my listeners are very active They're very active right. They like to communicate You know their thoughts And also suggest cases to me But even in my personal life um, Friends who I have grown up with um, For example The so Philippines and, and in Germany And we all love true crime They come to right. me And they said Listen <laughs> I've okay. heard about this case And listen Let me send you this link <laughs> So you know like, Ano namin, bonding moments yeah. namin, especially during the pandemic Parabang, tara, 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 mag-zoom tayo pag-usapan natin. and it's so weird that um it's become sort of a um, a bonding thing but really when we discuss these things we also reveal a part of ourselves i have a friend who will never agree with me on my take of things and that's okay because that's her unique personality that's her unique take on things and and i respect that and i think that's that's, that's how the genre should develop in a way to accommodate all these um, different opinions. And, but that doesn't mean you're, you're free from, from, from criticism. So if you are ready to put your opinions out there, which is scary, you know, as a podcaster, you should be able to also take criticisms on, um, and, and you should be open about, um, maybe changing your opinion when you, when you know that maybe you've had a bad take on things so yeah that's my friends do come to me about these things I <laughs> they realize, they realize that now <laughs> these must be fun parties then. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> like like in a way sometimes I do the pivot I said let's right. not talk about this I Yeah, mean, really yeah. Talk about like, it, trash TV you know <laughs> yeah because
1: you talk about it already for a living right? as in as in, in. yeah, yeah right? but I do, get, I do
0: get sucked in really quickly I'm like oh my god, oh my god. what is it what is it I you gonna...? <laughs> but then I said, no, let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's talk right. about <laughs> cheese. na lang, mga na So much more interesting. Right. Okay. Thank you, Christine Abrigana, for doing this episode. Thank baby. you. Thank you.
1: Now, if you know, we've talked about true crime and your podcast, but I'll give you the time to tell the people about your many podcasts here on of uh, the airwaves.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. So yeah, I host two podcasts, Lagim a, Fili- uh, a Filipino true crime podcast and Asia in the Shadows. Um Lagim is a um, fortnightly, so once once in 14 weeks you release an episode. You can listen to it on all major podcasting platforms. Um I'm on Instagram mostly have, um you know giving updates um, about the podcast so at Lagim Pod. Um and also Asia in the Shadows which is in partnership with PNA podcast Network. Asia. I release shorter episodes about Asian true crime, um, on a weekly basis, every Wednesday, and Le Game is um, every other Friday, and also both podcasts are on major podcasting platforms. I'm active on social media, so if you want to interact um, uh, about Le Game or Asian of the Shadows, um, Agent of the Shadows, I think it's um, at AITS Pod on Instagram, and usually I I post all sorts of things, not not always related to to the cases, but in you know generally Asian crime or Asian um, related um, content there. So yeah, hope hope people will listen and also get get started on their true crime journey that way <laughs> all right thank you so much christina Brianna. thank you thank you for having me
1: To thank my guest Christine Abregana, the host of the Asia in the Shadows podcast, a true crime podcast under the podcast network Asia banner. uh, Hopefully, you listen to her podcast. All her other podcasts as well, and of course you listen to all the other podcasts under Podcast Network Asia. It isn't just hers that's a true crime podcast. There are many other true crime podcasts under Podcast Network Asia, so you should give time to listen to those. Pero unahin yun nasa, na kasi siya lang yung umawod dito sa podcast ko yun, 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 so, siempre din as a guest, diba? Tapos, time you ibang podcast, right? Of course, also, please keep listening to my podcast, even if I will be taking a Holy Week break. Uh, we won't have episodes for next week. We might have a solo pod episode for tomorrow. We will see... Uh, for next week, rather. But we shall uh, see what I feel like recording. If you guys have ideas for me, want to hear me, Wax poetically about different things you have thoughts on. If you want to hear me about, you know, that Will Smith debacle, or you know, you want to hear me talk about stand up some more, please let me know on my social media, the YouTube page, social media pages, pages for my coffee, pages for my uh, Lazada, Shopee, and Amazon affiliate links. All can be found on my link tree, linktr.ee slash chino supersize. Every little bit helps, guys. It helps me put up episodes of this podcast. It helps me produce videos for YouTube and it helps me keep doing what I do so I can keep putting out more of the things that you love. A very special thank you to the Podcast Network Asia family for always keeping me comfortable during these podcast recordings. This, of course, is a Podcast Network Asia production powered by PodMetrics. I am Chino Liao. Goodbye.